0: And I think the alternative is just to say, I'm sorry, but we have nothing for you. So you aren't able to continue breastfeeding and come back to work at this company. And that's a really hard thing to say to an employee, I think. And when you reach out and you show that employee that you are there to support them, even if it's not a perfect solution, that makes such a big difference. And I think that really increases their engagement with that employer because they're, they think, wow, I mean, the words that people use, um, we ask people after we work with them on pump Coaching, we ask them, what does it mean to you that your employer offered you this benefit? And the words that they use are grateful.
1: That's Kristen DeVinney, founder of an organization called Proud Ounces, focused on not making new moms choose between breastfeeding their newborns and going back to work. If you are a business owner or an HR professional concerned about employee retention, or even fostering a diverse workplace with women, this episode is for you. Welcome to Uncooked, a podcast serving up raw insights for marketers as we hear the unfiltered truth from industry experts, brands, and the target audiences we serve in their own words. I'm your host, Jacqueline Lieberman, and today on Uncooked, I'm really excited about my guest, Kristen DeVinny, founder of Proud Ounces, what's Proud ounces, they are on a mission to make breast pumping and working easy for moms and the employers that support them. Here's some stats. In 2019, there were almost 4 million births in the U.S. Not all of those mothers went back to work. But even if you cut that number in half, that's millions of women who need to figure out how on earth am I going to continue to breastfeed my baby while commuting and working all day? This thought alone contributes to the high anxiety felt among new mothers, which frankly doesn't have to be. Kristen is taking on this challenge by coaching new mothers individually and working directly with their employers to implement policy change. This is really important work, so let's dig in. So, Kristen is on a mission to change the reality of pumping and working for moms and the businesses that support them. Talk to me about how you got to this place with Proud Ounces?
0: So most of my career was in advertising agencies. I lived in Dallas, Texas and Chicago and then New York City and in Brooklyn for a really long time and immediately started working in digital media in a lot of roles there. And then started working at Google and I worked at Google for almost 10 years. And during that time, I had three daughters and three pregnancies and three maternity leaves. And I. So a little busy, just a little, a little busy. busy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a little bit going on. And, you know, three times I came back to work and I had a lot of goals to breastfeed. And that was really important to me. And my job, my career was super important, but that was also very, very important to me. So, I set pretty lofty goals for myself. I wanted to be breastfeed for at least a year, and I breastfed all three of my girls for eighteen months. And I did a lot of pumping <laughs> during that time. Wow. I, I did a lot of months. Eighteen months for all three of them. Mm. And so sometimes so I would go back to work maybe around f- the five month mark, and so it was almost a year of time that I would pump for each each of them. And at Google, we had great resources. We had great lactation spaces and Things like that. But um I did travel for work. So and I also was in sales so I would see clients. So I was pumping in crazy places on trains, in airports, and airport waiting areas, in airport seats (laughs) next to people, and in my office just constantly. And I led meetings while I was pumping and did all kinds of crazy things. And it was an okay experience, but it was very stressful for me. And I think, although we had resources like spaces at Google, there was still a little bit of a culture where you always felt a little guilty, you know, you weren't sure what you were allowed to do, should you leave this meeting? Should you not? What should you be prioritizing? And I really felt like after that experience that it didn't seem right to feel like I needed to prioritize either work or breastfeeding. And I started thinking, I wonder if, you know, other people have had the same experience. So I started talking to other women about it anecdotally and friends. And I kind of realized that my experience was sort of the best of the worst, really. Mm. And that people had had these same experiences and that it was things I honestly couldn't have even have imagined. So I became very interested in that. So I decided to leave Google and start Proud Ounces. And now I am indeed on an intense mission (laughs) to change the way this looks for not only the next generation, but for my own daughters as well, to make sure that when they get bigger, they'll have any opportunity they want.
1: So let's get into what exactly is Proud Ounces? So just talked about, is it a service? Is it a product? Is it, what is it exactly? We are
0: essentially offering resources to support both women, moms, and also businesses, to make the experience of integrating pumping and working easier for both of those groups. So right now, the first product that we have available is a service, which is called pump coaching. And pump coaching is sort of like that friend that you have at work, that pumping mentor, that friend where you say like, Hey, I've never done this before. How do I do this? Or asking, you know, that friend questions about how do you make this more efficient? Or how do you rotate through your milk? How do I create a freezer stash? What happens if I have to travel for work? What am I going to do?
1: I just want to interrupt you for one second to ask. I'm sure there's no shortage of information out there on all of the things that you just described, right? Yep. So is part of what you're doing helping to weed through all of that for people so they don't have to do that legwork or is it something else?
0: It's a service where we're offering a one-on-one virtual session. So you come to a coaching session and we ask some questions in advance. So what we're doing is we're tailoring all of the information and we're sitting down with someone and we're creating a plan with them to talk about how they are specifically gonna be successful in their return to work. So if they say they are going to be traveling by plane or by train, then we have that conversation. How do you do that? If they tell us, for example, if they are a teacher, they might have a very rigid schedule that they can't decide when they might take a break for pumping. So we talk about that. When is your prep period? When is your lunch? and all of those different things. So we'll sit down and for that specific person, we'll make a very specific schedule. We'll also include, you know, depends on their childcare. Are they, is their child going to be, be, going to be at home? Are they going to be at daycare? How will they transport the breast milk to these different places and back from work? So kind of taking some of those resources and making them very, very tailored to this person. And also bringing in this breadth of, experience honestly and knowledge that not only I have and my partners, but that we have learned from all of the women that we're talking to, offering sort of tips and tricks that you really can't find, maybe sort of out in the wild. So a lot of times when you're pumping, you'll run into someone else on your way into a lactation space and you'll say, Oh hey, I noticed something about you know this thing that you're doing. Can you tell me more about that? And you'll learn a little tip and then you'll get you know, a little more efficient at how you're, you know, pumping or how you're washing your pump parts or how long it takes. And for me, one thing I realized is that I didn't learn those things until even maybe after a year of pumping with my second daughter. And that was crazy to me. Mm. So that the first time that I went through a full year of pumping, I threw away like 100 ounces of breast milk because I didn't know how to rotate through a freezer stash through my week of work. And that was just something I just didn't know. I didn't even think to do that. So the idea of it is that before your first day of work, we're going to turn you into like a pumping and working pro. We're going to teach you everything that we know about making that experience as smooth as possible so that for that person, they're going to be feeling empowered and confident and they know that they have us in their corner. So if they have a question, they can ask us. If they feel they need to speak to their employer, we can help them with that. So it's about helping that person become a pro at pumping and working for the first day back and also about empowering them and helping them understand how to speak to their employer and what's available to them.
1: What's interesting to me is in the information age that we live in, there still isn't a central source of information for all of the logistics and the different scenarios women can encounter while breastfeeding on the go. I mean, that's why the mom network is still the most powerful network on the planet. But aside from that, it appears personalized services are so few and far between because unless you have the money to hire a lactation specialist on your own, that's really the exception, not the rule. And this is the white space Kristen is filling with Proud Ounces. She's empowering every single new mother who wants this, To have someone knowledgeable in their corner and help them navigate this important milestone of just getting back to work. you mentioned before, when you were at Google, you had kind of the best of the worst experiences that you heard from other moms. Can you just tell the audience who may or may not know what these scenarios are that women are going through in the workplace?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the worst to me, and unfortunately, I hear this a lot, is that someone honestly just doesn't even try, doesn't even feel that it's possible for them to continue breastfeeding. I've interviewed several women who have just said it wasn't possible for me to even consider continuing breastfeeding. So before I went back to work, I just knew that was a stopping point for me, that I wasn't going to even move forward with it. There was one woman that I spoke to once, and I said, maybe a little bit naively at the time, I said, Oh, you know, I know you just came back from maternity leave. Are you pumping? Because I was doing research for Proud Ounces and I was just very curious about everyone's experience. And she, honestly laughed out loud at the prospect that she would have even attempted to continue breastfeeding and pumping after she had been back at work. So I think to me, that's the absolute worst, not because someone stops breastfeeding. I think everyone has a choice. And I think that's awesome. More just that they felt that work was the roadblock to them reaching for those goals that they might've had otherwise. Aside from that, the conditions, I think a lot of people talk about spaces and just the lack of space that is provided to women, and sometimes just the lack of awareness that employers have around what might be needed in those spaces. So when we think about what a lactation space should be like, there are certain things that are paramount to it sort of working for someone. And You know, those things are a deadbolt on the door that they can operate a lot. We hear a lot about women being walked in on by any type of different staff in office. And I think sometimes it's just a colleague who they're not trying to do that, you know, but the room is maybe not marked properly. It's not locked. Perhaps they're coming in. Perhaps it's a multi-purpose room. There's some other space that they need to get in there too. And I think that is alarming to a lot of women. Obviously, they're exposed and in their place of business. And I think it's not a great situation when your colleague or someone else from the staff is walking in on you. So a lot of women will talk about that. And another thing that I hear a lot that is very unfortunate is just sometimes the comments that colleagues will make to women about the act of pumping and how it's just not something that they want to hear anything about, or maybe they think it's gross and just making people feel really self-conscious about even the fact that they're doing it at all and just making them feel a little bit ashamed. A lot of people will use the word that they they feel shame.
1: People are actually saying this in the workplace, like to their coworker, like, you know, this is gross what you're doing. I don't, I, I don't, what? Really? Yeah. Insane.
0: Yeah, we've been publishing interviews because I think it's very important for women to see mentors of other women who have done this because it's usually a little bit, you know, on the down low, a little bit hush hush um, behind closed doors, which is a good thing. uh, In most cases, I mean, one of those stories that we're going to be publishing actually in the next couple of weeks, she mentioned that while and usually people will hear this while they're in the lactation space, they might hear someone talking about this from outside of the room saying that it was disgusting that somebody was pumping in the office and that was too much information and they didn't want to hear about that. And unfortunately, that's not a rare thing. I've heard that from a lot of people. And a lot of women are afraid to even wash their pumping accessories in like a sink in a kitchen that other coworkers are using or Certainly, I rarely talk to someone that's comfortable putting their breast milk in a refrigerator that can be accessed by other employees. And I think that's partially because of them wanting to make sure it remains sterile, but also because they just don't know that they would feel comfortable. They don't want their coworkers to feel anything about that. So yeah, I definitely think there's a stigma attached to it. And that's another thing that we're very focused on is eliminating that stigma and normalizing pumping in the workplace.
1: The work that Proud Ounces is doing is so important for women going back into the workplace. Think about it. The hospital nurses give you a crash course in breastfeeding. You get home and you're mostly all consumed by just trying to keep this new little human alive. And then just when you get into a routine with them, bam, you have to get back to work. So now they have to think through the logistics of breastfeeding at work on top of the anxiety about leaving little said tiny human for the first time. Now let's add insensitive co-workers snickering in the hallway. I cannot even believe that this is happening at work among adults. Grow up, people. I want to bring you a story about a working woman's experience of being on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange of all places and finding herself needing to pump. This is a story about how the kindness of strangers can really change everything. When we were initially talking and I was telling you about the podcast that I wanted to do with this company called Proud Ounces, you told this story that I said, we need to get this on the episode because it was fantastic. So let's just start with the story and we'll go from there. So I
2: have two children, 16 and 14, and I breastfed both of my children, breastfed both of them for about a year. And this story happened shortly after I had given birth to my daughter, so 14 years ago. And I was nursing her, as I mentioned, and I would pump when I was not able to nurse her. So my husband was provided an opportunity to go to the New York Stock Exchange and uh, be part of the closing bell with several of his colleagues. So due to that, they invited spouses to come along as well so that we could be there and cheer them on for the closing bell. (laughs) So my parents came to take care of my children, our children, Mm -hmm. and I brought the pump with me to the New York Stock Exchange. So down to New York with my pump, I went (laughs) and we headed into the New York Stock Exchange. So my husband and his colleagues were preparing to go do the closing bell, and I was on the floor with many of his colleagues' spouses, and it came time where I needed to pump. And I had my pump with me, but I was just trying to figure out where I was going to go to be able to pump. I hadn't really thought too much about it, and really, there weren't very many options. But I was looking around, and I was like, well, I guess, unfortunately, I'm going to have to go in the bathroom was not something I wanted to do, did not want to have to hide in the bathroom, bathrooms can be dirty, it wasn't something that I really wanted to do. But as I was looking around, this wonderful security guard asked me what I needed. And it was a female security guard. And she said, you know, you're looking lost, what can I help you with? So I explained to her what I needed, and told her I really didn't want to go into the bathroom. So she said, of course not, follow me. So she took me into a conference room. It was an extraordinary conference room, quite beautiful. (laughs) Because this is
1: at the New York Stock Exchange after all.
2: Exactly. It was even furnished with a Fabergé egg. And when I walked in, I was like, this is fantastic. But at the same time, I was like, well, it's not very secure. And certainly there's nobody in here currently, but I was afraid to just sit there and start pumping and didn't want somebody to walk in and walk in on me pumping. But also didn't want to be told I couldn't be in there. So I expressed this to the security guard. And she said, Oh, don't worry. She's like, I'm going to stand outside of this conference room until you are done. Shut the door. I was able to pump. And when I came out, she just stood there and smiled and I can still see her face. I thanked her profusely. She was my guardian angel that day. And it was just wonderful. She knew that I needed a clean, private, place to go. And she stood outside that conference room until I was done. And I couldn't have been more grateful. And like I said, I can still envision her Mm -hmm. when I came out.
1: She was just wonderful. Isn't it great when humanity just steps up like that?
2: Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. It was safe. It was clean. And she supported what I needed.
1: What was the scenario when you were back at work? Did you have a space to do that?
2: So 14 years ago, I worked for the same company, it was a different name, we've had several consolidations since then, but I was on the road. So I predominantly was in my car, I was working as a hospital liaison to the company at the time, so I would go in and out of hospitals. And so honestly, I did an awful lot of pumping in my car.
1: What is that experience like? I pumped down
2: 95. I mean, thankfully, they had they had chargers that would go right into the cigarette lighter. So um, I put it right in, right in there. But that's really what I had to do. And so I would just connect everything in my car. And I would put a blanket over me. And I would hook myself up and then start driving to the next hospital that I needed to go to. It worked. It was, again, I could have done it in a hospital, but they didn't necessarily have specific rooms. If they did have rooms, it was predominantly for employees, not for a vendor who was coming into the hospital. Otherwise, I would have been relegated to the bathrooms again. So doing it in my car seemed to be the best option. And quite honestly, while I would have preferred a private room, I have to say being able to do it on the go in the car, actually while I was driving, was really an efficient use of time. So not the best scenario, but definitely efficient in terms of time. So, yeah, I did get a couple of hunks from some tractor-trailer drivers who were (laughs) looking down on on me. Again, I was covered by that. A few funny scenarios
1: with with that, for sure. Yeah, that's not uncomfortable at all. No, no, of course not. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What do you think about their mission to do this for women to kind of get them back to work, but also make them feel really comfortable getting back to work in this scenario of pumping at work?
2: It's fantastic and certainly well overdue. I really think it's great. It empowers the mom to be able to go back and to ask for what she needs in a very comfortable environment. And so I think that's fantastic. I um, definitely commend them for that. And certainly can see now, even within my own company, how things have changed from just 14 years. There have been spaces carved out in some areas where I work, and it's solely for the mothers. And I think that that's great. It makes going back to
1: work that much easier. Right, because it's already a hard scenario. Absolutely. You're
2: leaving your child, all of those emotions that you're going through, just to know, though, that you'll have a clean, safe space just for you is great.
0: We definitely are very focused on working with businesses. And the reason for that is, I think that's really where everything's happening. And although women can talk to other women about this and sort of, we can coach them. And I think that's great. And I think it's extremely valuable, but we do need to be partnering with businesses so that they're kind of reaching out and the women are sort of reaching out too, so that we can sort of be that connection point between the two. It's very important for businesses to be increasing their support and their spaces and written policies and culture, which is another thing that we're planning on releasing later this year as a program to help with that. But for pump coaching, we are offering it as an employee benefit. So We can partner with a business and then they can offer pump coaching to their employees as part of their maternity package. So, if you know you're going on maternity leave, you know, you also know that you're going to have Proud Ounces in your corner when you're preparing to come back to work to help coach you. And I love that model because then what we can do is we can add this other piece of the coaching. Where we can talk to them about at their specific workplace what will pumping look like so we will have that information we can say at your employer wherever you're physically going to be working whether that's working from home whether that's working from this office or that office this is where your space is going to be to pump this is where you're going to refrigerate your milk and these are some of the expectations from your employer so i think that's great because a lot of women don't know that information before their first day back they're really not sure what's going to happen. And I think that contributes to a lot of the anxiety that sort of happens there. Like, what is this going to be like? So we're sort of taking the guesswork out of that and, and laying that out for them and helping them sort of understand what that might be like. We are already working with, some companies in Philadelphia. And we have been exploring our local area initially. And sort of like any size business, although I'd say medium sized businesses have been sort of our initial target. And for me, that's partially because I think sometimes those businesses may not be offering as many of these types of benefits to their employees yet. So we're really excited for businesses to be offering this kind of extraordinary level of support.
1: In prepping for this podcast, I started researching labor stats around women in the workforce and how significantly it's dropped due to the pandemic. According to the National Women's Law Center analysis of the latest jobs report, the total number of women who have left the labor force since last February of 2020 is 2.3 million, placing the women's labor force participation rate at 57%. And why is that significant? That's the lowest it's been since 1988. They cite the ongoing closures of schools and daycare centers during the pandemic being the main contributing factor to this. And with the childcare burden being left largely on women, a service like Proud Ounces helping new mothers confidently go back to work is more important now than ever. Let's hear from Diane Mitchell, a seasoned human resources executive, on how she's handled the return of new mothers coming into work in terms of policy and spaces. Kristen was telling me that programs like this are largely situational depending on who's in charge, if it's a woman boss or a woman in HR, and obviously that's not the way it should be. Totally agree. And Where I've seen the most success is
3: exactly that scenario. I'll give you a couple of highlights. Going back 20 years before it was a law, I had a female boss, she was the head of HR, and she would give up her office to any new moms because we didn't have a designated room. And then I started to follow suit because we had a young population and we did have a bunch of new moms who needed that privacy. Our offices had glass, so we would tape paper over them so that they were opaque but it felt absolutely like the right thing to do. We kept it within HR. HR predominantly was female. So we just made it work and made a real committed effort to it. So that was certainly successful. Again, that was in Connecticut. Let me fast forward to a small digital agency I was working for in New York. We did not build out that office. We just inherited what we got and I had a new mom. And we really had, it was an open workspace. This open workspace phenomenon is kind of a disaster for, for new working moms, quite frankly. We had a server room. It was the only windowless room. And I had to put a chair and a table in there and have this poor working mom sitting in the middle of this really high tech, awful looking room. But at least it had a lock on the door. It was windowless. We made it work. So this is a great story that sort of highlights, and it is one that had a very successful ending in that I got my room. It was an office space we were building out from scratch. And so that's a really advantageous position to be in. And thankfully, I was ahead of HR at the time and had a voice. So I really kept emphatically reminding them that it is the law that we have to provide this room. And I was offered closets, which I promptly turned down because that's not nice at all. So we ultimately did get a room and it doubled as a conference room if it wasn't being used, but we had a good system for reserving it. And it was right outside the office manager's desk. And she thankfully was also a working mom. And so she really kind of regulated it in a way only she could. She had a very strong personality, which was awesome. (laughs) Anyway, as I was emphatically reiterating, we need this room, we need this room, we need this room. It wasn't until the CEO really kind of made a comment that I understood why maybe there was resistance to it. And it wasn't mean-spirited. It was really baffled. And really, it was clear that there was just a total confusion around it. And the CEO, who I happen to have a very good relationship with and respect very much, quite frankly, said to me, I just don't understand. Are they bringing the babies to work with them? (laughs) And I had an aha moment. That would be called a daycare. Correct. But it hit a nerve within me in terms of how out of touch people can be, right? So- Well, it seems like that there's an education gap there, which would make sense. For sure. And you derive on your own experiences, right? So this is a man who is a CEO, had a wife who stayed home, raised three children, but never had to deal with an issue like this. So this never even occurred to him. He's probably never even seen a breast pump (laughs) before in his life. So he makes this comment where light bulb goes off in my mind, which is, you know, just how unbelievably clueless he was in terms of this whole initiative. And as someone who's in HR and a working woman and a super passionate person, I just, I sort of had a knee-jerk reaction that maybe bordered on unprofessional. And I said, Neanderthal? They're pumping. <laughs> and he kind of went, oh. Now, it just was really an aha moment, right, about how much education needs to occur and take place in the workforce. And again, it wasn't that he wasn't supportive. He just literally had no idea yeah. what the room really was about. All right. So
1: maybe Neanderthal was a little harsh. Probably. Hit an earth, like no, I said, hit no. an earth. But I think you're right, though. As a CEO you have a responsibility to understand these things, whether or not you've had personal experience with them. Sure. You're supposed to know some of these things if you have women coming into the workforce. So that's a great story. This is a Marketing Insights podcast, Kristen. So I'm going to have to ask you, Yeah, talk to me a little bit about how do you plan on, Growing and marketing Proud Ounces. What channels are you looking at? What, are, what have you seen work for you already? What's your vision for this year or next year?
0: It's kind of interesting to do marketing for Proud Ounces because I, in my past life and my career, am a marketer. <laughs> um, so I've always worked in sales and marketing. And it's been very interesting to do that for my own brands and to see how that works sort of from top to bottom. Versus handling a piece of it. So when I worked at Google, I was really a search specialist, and I worked you know very, very closely on search and also all kinds of digital marketing and all of that type of stuff. So obviously that's all in my mind. But the first place that we're starting is, you know, we really opened up our social media channels and we've been kind of just sort of quietly trying to build that audience, especially on LinkedIn. Because obviously that's where, you know, we find a lot of our business contacts and we're very interested in talking to businesses and human resources executives and benefits specialists, because obviously they're the ones who are making a lot of these decisions. So those channels have been really important. And what we've been trying to do is really bring awareness to the topic. I think that's been really important. That's important to me. And I think that really helps people to see that there is a need for this type of support. And also, as I mentioned earlier, we're working on sort of helping women tell their stories in these areas too. So we are doing a series where we have women sort of telling their stories, but they're telling those stories in a way that helps businesses understand what in that person's journey sort of could have been better. So someone who's already sort of been down this road and they've completed you know, they're not pumping anymore, they're done with it, but they're able to go back and reflect on that experience and say, let me tell you about looking back, what would have made this so much easier for me and made me feel so much more supported. And I think that's really important because a lot of times women don't tell their employers when it's happening that Hmm. it's going on. (laughs) And so I think that's super important. So telling those stories we think is really important.
1: I think the critical piece, which is the piece that you're cracking, which is the businesses, getting them on board with, you know, understanding what exactly they need to do, how they should do it, and having somebody like you to help guide them, I think is critically important because it doesn't seem to really exist unless you have an HR professional within the walls of the company kind of bringing it up, I think.
0: Yeah. One thing we like we talk about is, breastfeeding and pumping success being situational. And I think that's very true what you just said, which is you might have someone in your organization who is in charge of benefits or even just your manager. And that person, maybe they have an experience, maybe they have been someone who has pumped at work. And a lot of times we hear those stories where women say, oh, I was so lucky because someone in my organization was an advocate for this. And so I had a great experience because of that. And so a lot of what we want to do is take away that situational aspect of saying, well, this was good for me because this person happened to have a life experience that was yeah. similar to what I was going through. Right. And I think that shouldn't need to happen. Yeah. So any employer should be able to provide this type of support, even if they have never pumped breast milk before. That's, okay. That's totally fine. Yeah. And we can help them provide that.
1: I know being a mother of three gives you a special kind of authority to speak on the topic. Um, (laughs) So if other people were to stumble upon this and they look and they say, well, you're not a doctor, you're not a lactation specialist, you're obviously working with healthcare professionals in some way. Can you just talk a little bit about the credibility behind Proud Ounces?
0: I have such an amazing team of advisors that I've been so lucky to work with. Because absolutely, when I left working at Google, and I wanted to do this, of course, I had my own experiences. And that was anecdotal, and important. But I really needed to a understand the experiences of other people who either had jobs like mine, or didn't have jobs like mine. And that was a whole body of information that I needed in research. and I did a ton of interviewing of women and I just would talk to them about what was your experience? Well, what was this like and what was this like? what did you think about this? Is this just me or is this everyone? So I had a very large body of research when it came to that. I also have a wonderful advisor and partner who is a women's health nurse that I work with and she has worked in labor and delivery and all of those different areas and she is amazing and provides so much support from a healthcare perspective and is my rock in those ways. And I also have an amazing human resources professional that's an advisor who keeps me in check <laughs> to understand what human resources and benefits professionals are looking for and how to sort of approach different things and how you know we can provide resources that are just great and amazing and delightful. So I love working with her. I also do work with a couple of lactation consultants and talk to lactation consultants all the time. And I also have an amazing employment lawyer that I work with as well, which I think is very important because there are a lot of legal aspects to this, more than I honestly ever really imagined before, although now I am very, (laughs) very up to speed on. (laughs) But I do sort of have all of those advisors on speed dial as part of the organization. And anytime anything comes up, I am able to consult with them and they're contributing their skills and resources to all of our products. When it comes to what we're talking to women about in pump coaching sessions, that's all advised by nurses and lawyers and everything to make sure that we're giving the right type of advice.
1: Why will you not give up?
0: (laughs) Oh, I'll never give up. I know that for sure. My family always says that a lot of people tell me that I, I rock it till the wheels fall off. Uh that is <laughs> That's great been said. Question. That has been said many times about me or similar things. I am just when I focus on something, it is like I can't stop. And this is so personal for me, this mission. My husband says that I focus on it with the intensity of a thousand suns. So as I'm tapping away on my laptop at 1130 at night (laughs) after a full day, so that's just my personality. When I dig into something and I feel strongly about it, and I honestly don't know if there's anything that I've ever felt more strongly about outside of, you know, hoping for my family to be safe and well, I think that I am determined to see a meaningful change and I will work at it until that
1: happens. I can feel it right through the screen i can feel it <laughs> is there anything that we haven't covered that you'd want people to know about proud ounces
0: just that we're here and we're so excited to work with businesses and i think we're just very excited to help people and i will go above and beyond to make sure that our services are the absolute best that they can be and i think that businesses and moms who work with us will be absolutely delighted by what we bring to the table. I'm very excited to bring that to more businesses and more moms for sure as we continue on.
1: Agreed. Anybody who's listening who owns a business or has any role in this kind of vein in a business or a company, get it together and just call Kristen Devaney because (laughs) this is just too important to get women back into the workforce. So thank you so much for joining us today on Uncooked.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Jacqueline. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
1: It's clear that education on the topic of working and pumping needs to start at the very top of the organization in order to affect any kind of change, not only in policy, but in changing employee culture. A little support can go a long way for employee retention and attracting the right kind of people. And while this episode was light on the marketing insights, I hope the human insight of empathy came through. The main takeaway is we can all do our best work when we create an environment that lifts each other up. The next time you see your female coworker lugging a machine into a room to pump, don't look away. Actually look them in the eye and smile because at that moment, it's likely they need it. This has been an episode of Uncooked. I'm Jacqueline Lieberman, founder and chief strategist at Brand Crudo, a marketing consultancy. You can learn more about what I do at brandcrudo.com. I'd like to thank Kristen DeVinney for sharing her new business venture with us. If you're a business owner thinking about employee retention or an HR professional looking to up your policy game for new moms, please learn more at proudounces.com. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, rate, and review this episode. It's the only way the podcast reaches new people. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening.